and welcome to Podcats. I'm Ada. I'm Eleanor. And today we are missing Reagan. Yeah, she so she is... got the booster and is MIA-ish. Well, we know where she is, yeah. obviously, but she's not here. So it's just going to be us two. Like, the good old days? I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyway, so today we are going to talk about Sphinx Cats. So, first off, what do you know about them? I know that they don't have fur, and I know that their ears are large, mm-hmm. and I know that there was a sphinx cat that lived in my dad's record, in a record store that my dad worked in, <laughs> and, like, hated people. Oh, wow. So. So, yeah, um, they are kind of like Cornish Rexes, um, but they're completely hairless. Um, so, yeah. Their appearance, obviously hairless. Uh, their body is a medium length and muscular, apparently. <laughs> and their back legs are a bit longer than their front legs. And, you know, very uh, elegant, I guess. Um, they have five toes and thick paw pads. And they're... Wait, do cats usually have six toes? Four. Four? I have no clue. That they actually had fat. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and their tails are like they're almost like rat tails because they're like pointy at the tip. Um, yeah, and their heads, according to Petfinder, are modified wedges. Whatever oh. that means. <laughs> and they have prominent cheekbones. Um, very big ears, like Eleanor said. And a like straight nose bridge, and apparently lemon shaped eyes. <laughs> um, so their personality and temperament, uh, they are very playful, uh, friendly, and affectionate. They are not independent, <laughs> uh, so they constantly need attention and all that. Um, and they're also very intelligent. And also, apparently, again, according to Petfinder, they perform monkey-like aerialist feats from the top of doorways and bookshelves. <laughs> Why does that sound like Stella? I, oh, it does. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, on to history. <laughs> so, the hairless trait is a genetic mutation. So, it... That's uh, it's like the Cornish Rex and the Munchkin cat. Mm-hmm. So. And the Scottish Folding. Mm-hmm. Scottish Folding. So, yeah. And at the very beginning, uh, there was a pair of cats in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they were called Mexican Hairless Cats. Ooh. And so they resembled Sphinx Cats, but they were apparently the last of their kind. No. Um, and they didn't reproduce. And so, in 1950, two Siamese cats in Paris produced a litter of kittens that were hairless. Um, and in 1966, in Ron... Roncevallas. Roncevallas? Yeah, that... Roncevales. We cannot pronounce that word, sorry. Roncevallas. Um, Toronto. Yeah, that Toronto and Ontario, Canada, a pair of... Uh, Domestic short hairs had a litter that had a 
hairless kitten named Prune. <laughs> Prune? Yeah. Um, and a breeder obtained the parents and then started a breeding program. And it was called the Canadian Hairless. Um, yeah. And so Prune was mated with his mother. Incest. <laughs> which produced uh, one hairless kitten. Um, that was probably super inbred. Yeah. Probably died and had some sort of genetic stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and in 1970, CFA uh, granted provisional status to the breed, um, and this line or breed uh, actually had a lot of uh, difficulties and problem, and yeah, problems. Uh, and apparently, the gene pool was limited. And some kittens died from undiagnosed health problems. So in 1971, CFA withdrew the recognition due to the breed's health problems. And the last of Prune's line um, was sent to Holland to Dr. Hugo Hernandez in the 70s. <sighs> this goes on for a while. Not like too long, but there's a lot. Um, and so in 1978 and 1980, two hairless female kittens were, be okay, were believed to be related to Prune. And they were found in Toronto? Yeah. Lost my uh thing <laughs> i i'm kind of half awake right now it's so apologies <laughs> um hold on a second they were to sent holland. to holland yeah okay they were sent to holland uh to be bred with prunes last surviving male descendant um, and one female got pregnant, but she ended up losing the litter. Um, and so none of Prune's descendants went on to become the Sphinx breed, uh, we know today. But in 1975, um, farm owners in Minnesota, Milt and Ethelyn Pearson, uh, found a hairless kitten uh, that had been born to their normal-coded farm cat, Jezebel. This kitten named <sighs> Epidermis. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that to a cat? I don't know. Was enjoined the next year by another hairless kitten named Germis. <laughs> uh, was Real creative there. going to be Eppa. And both of them were sold to an Oregon breeder named Kim... Kardashian. M no. <laughs> Kim Mueski, who then gives the kittens to create the Sphinx breed. 
and hold on a second, I'm gonna check to see if we're still recording. Okay, good job. We had to record on a computer today because the recording microphone device thingies are gone. Yeah, we can't. So sorry find them. if the, the quality is um. Yeah, weird. we always have to have some kind of problem <laughs> regarding <laughs> recording. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then Georgiana Gattenby, or Gattenby of Brainerd, Minnesota, also worked with the kittens from the piercing line using the Cornish Rex yes. as an outcross. Cornish Rex. Cornish Rex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and at around the same time, uh, a Siamese breeder named Shirley Smith, who lived in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, found three hairless kittens on the street of her neighborhood, and she named them Bambi, Punky, and Paloma. Paloma? Better than epidermis, I guess. <laughs> Pavlova. <laughs> um, and the descendants of Bambi, Punky, and Paloma. Punky. Punky in Canada, Canada, along with the descendants of Epidermis and Dermis in Oregon, (laughs) became the foundation of today's Sphinx breed. And apparently the breed has made considerable strides since its inception. And so while most fanciers have... Uh, welcomed the Sphinx as unique and exotic. Some members that have a cat fancy, that have the cat fancy, wish that the Sphinx would put on some clothes. That, I find that kind of weird, because, like, that's kind of the whole point of the Sphinx yeah. cat. So, like, if you want a cat with fur, then just get, get a, a cat, cat with fur. <laughs> um... Yeah, and like other breeds that have diverged from the basic design, (laughs) uh, the Sphinx uh, has drawn some negative and not-so-good attention. Uh, Along with that, the gene that governs hairlessness can be considered a genetic disorder, since the cat is more susceptible to both heat and cold. But on the other hand, fanciers argue that we humans are more or less hairless compared to our closest relatives, and with a dap of sunscreen, we managed to get by just fine. Dap. That's a weird word to use. I don't know. Pet finder is... By the way, I'm quoting pet finder in this sometimes. Okay, someone just slammed the door. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm quoting pet finder. So if any of this wording sounds weird, I'm sorry. It's... Ki- it's- Pet finder, not cat finder. Oh, did I say cat finder? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Someone just dropped something. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, association acceptance followed the breed's creation quite rapidly for such an unusual breed. TICA accepted the breed for championship in 1986, and in 1992, CCA... Uh, recognized the Sphinx for championship. In 1994, ACFA followed suit. In 1998, CFA 
recognized the new and improved Sphinx lines for registration and in 2002 accepted the breed for championship. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Um, and now the breed is recognized by all North American cat associations and the, oh gosh, French. Fédération Internationale Feline. Fife. 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 Sorry for that awful pronunciation. Um, Fife. Fife. That's the <laughs> abbreviation. And the Governing Council of the Cat Fancy G or GCCF in Europe. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of. What wraps it all up? Uh, now, one thing to Google is, of course, a sphinx in a sweater. Oh, yeah. Google time. Sphinx cat in swig. We can look at that next, I guess. But, yeah, I think uh, they're, they're cute. cute. I think they're fine. Some people say that they're, they're like, so scary, but I think they're... They're not scary. Yeah, hold on. Okay, okay um, um back to cat googling sorry yeah the thing the stopped recording. recording but back but yeah, to cats and sweaters I think they're cute and everything they're, they're really amazing and sweaters too <gasps> oh my god oh Look my this god one. it looks so, so grumpy. but there's a cat in like a really fluffy like rainbow sweater and, and it, it kind of looks so like a gremlin <laughs> but yeah I think they're fine. Now I guess we have to look up a uh, sphinx in a wig. Sphinx cat in a wig. Yeah. I don't. Oh, oh my no. god. Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. Oh, that's a Justin Bieber wig. Oh no. Oh my god. This is oh, kind no. of terrifying. Oh no. Oh no. Well. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. That hang is on. quite um. Um. Come on, there's a meme over there. This? There's a Sphinx cat and it says Donald Trump without his wig. Wait, Sphinx cat in a wig. Ariana Grande. Oh boy. No. It just shows pictures That's of Ariana sad. Grande. Anyways, I also wanted to. Um. I also wanted oh to. Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> I also, <laughs> I also wanted to kind of talk about uh, when we did the Scottish Fold episode, I low-key fell in love with a cat named Luna on Pet Finder, the derpy one. It's uh, Otta's screen back And on so, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm not taking her off of my screen until she gets adopted. And so, we need to do an update every episode for now. Oh, I already have her open. So basically, I looked at our uh, like statistics and stuff for our listeners and stuff, and I saw that one percent of our listeners are in Texas. Guess who's also in Texas? Luna. Luna. Okay, person in Texas. Uh, if you're listening, if you're listening, please, 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 please adopt this cat. She's in Houston, Texas. She's a Scottish Fold. Um, she's she's sweet, loving, active. She has short hair. She's house trained. She's her vaccinations are up to date. She's, she's good in a home with other with cats. Other cats. Um, and she's, she's just she's lost amazing. her home due to a divorce. And she's a really affectionate. She looks really derpy, 
in we literally all of her photos. She's gray. She's golden eyes. She looks really derpy. <laughs> and there's a photo of her sitting in a sink. It's amazing. Okay? If that doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. Um, She looks just derpy in all of her photos. So yeah. Obviously, so, you have to adopt her. I know. Like, so please, person... Please don't be allergic to cats and everything, and just... Yeah, and if you do end up adopting her, uh, please send in a voice message to us. Mm-hmm. Please. So, yeah, just, if Texas person <laughs> adopt Luna, please, and, uh, if you do, send in a voice message. Yeah. So, yeah, and now we can kind of do our cat fact. Cat fact! So, yeah. Um, the wealthiest cat is named Blackie. Um, and so it all started off, um, with a rich British antique dealer (laughs) named Ben Rhea, and he loved Blackie, his cat, so much that when he died in 1988, he left most of his estate, totaling nearly $13 million, oh my god, to... Blackie the cat. <laughs> um, and the money was split but uh, among three cat charities. And, Does it exist? Yeah, I guess. And I had been instructed to keep an eye on Rhea's beloved companion. And to this day, Blackie holds the Guinness World Record for wealthiest cat. That is cool. But yeah, so that's kind of it. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Well, sorry that Reagan wasn't here again. She should be back next week. Yep. She better be. <laughs> um. But yeah. Um. Thanks for listening. Um. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.